0: dot com slash Lincoln. Odoo, modern management made simple. Hey, everyone, it's Reed. As you're listening to this, we are 48 weeks away from Election Day 2024. I know it seems like a long way away, but it's not. Now is the time, gang, to get involved. Join the union.us, or get involved with an organization in your community, guys. We cannot, cannot, cannot wait until the last minute to start this battle. Guys, we can, we must, and we will win, but only if we all work together. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to The Lincoln Project. I'm your host, Reed Galen. Today, I'm coming to you all solo for another Q&A episode where I'll answer your questions. And as always, I want to thank the listeners and members of the Lincoln Project community. And let me just say as an aside, guys, we have passed 300 episodes. If you had told me that I would be here with you 300 episodes later, I don't know that I'd have believed you, but thank you so much. Me, Rick, and everyone at the Lincoln Project love hearing from you all. And as always, if you have questions, please do not hesitate to ask. Send your questions to podcast at lincolnproject.us. Now, before I get to questions, guys, I want to say this. We got them. We got them again. The Lincoln Project and all of us, we live rent-free inside Donald Trump's head. We dropped an ad called Feeble on Monday about his incapacity, his growing incapacity to be president of the United States. We already know he's crazy, but now he's old too. And we go through a various litany of video clips of him acting strangely, not knowing where he is, not knowing who he's running against, all of these things. And Last night at about 11 o'clock, as we're recording this, last night at about 11 o'clock Eastern Time, he attacked us once again, calling us all sorts of names. And yet, the most amusing part, guys, and how you know you've really got him on the hook, is that he accused us of using artificial intelligence to make our ad. That we had made up the videos of him acting strangely, acting incapacitated, acting when. Even a reporter from Forbes magazine went through and said, no, I looked up all these videos and they're all real. And so, guys, the reason why we do audience of one, does it make us happy? Yes. Does it make you happy? I think it does. But it has a strategic purpose. The strategic purpose is as he does this, it further points to what exactly he does not want to see. He is a master of projection. I'm not old. He is. I'm not this. You are. But when you confront him with things like this, he cannot respond normally to them because it pierces the veil of his fictional bubble that he's created around himself. And the strategic impact is it highlights the one thing he doesn't want magnified, which is, again, he is old. He is crazy. He will do bad things. And he half the time does not know where he is, what he's doing or who he's running against. And so we just always want to say thank you, Donald. Thank you for giving us all that space in that creepy cranium of yours. And now let's get to some questions. All right, here we go. Let's start with my old party, the grand old party, and it is no longer grand, but it is old. Janet Sarah on Twitter asks, just how much of an actual threat is it of Project 2025 being put into action if Republicans win back the White House in 2024? All right, so thanks for the question, Janet. So, everybody, Project 2025 is this compilation of fascistic, authoritarian, governmental stuff that the Heritage Foundation and all of these MAGA front groups put together, basically saying how they would reorganize the federal government. I would say, Janet, that it is very real. I think that it is probably a real possibility for a couple of reasons. One is Donald Trump tried to rearrange the federal bureaucracy literally like the day before he left office he didn't have enough time to do it but also guys remember that in an authoritarian regime that trump and maga would put in place it's all about loyalty that's all it's about competence is out the window and so they've already put out a questionnaire about You know Why do you support Donald Trump? Have you already supported Donald Trump? Have you always supported Donald Trump? What are some of the conservative philosophers that you like? What are some of the things that Donald Trump has done that you think make him a great president? All of this stuff that, again, equates to loyalty over an ability to do the job. And this is one key thing, guys. You can see it with a guy like James Comer over in the U.S. House, right? He's now claiming that someone who provides a loan to someone else, when that loan is paid back, they are, quote unquote, the beneficiary. James Comer is a moron. He is mediocre. He is not good at his job, but he represents something for the MAGA types, which is unflinching loyalty and a willingness to do anything and everything to damage Joe Biden, regardless of the impact on the broader country, on our broader body politic. Or on the government itself. And this is what you're going to see the government filled with, which is a bunch of lackeys who will do and say anything to get a job, maintain a job, and rise through the hierarchy. And you've seen this throughout history in fascist movements, whether or not it's in Mussolini's Italy, whether or not you see in Hitler's Germany, or as we've moved forward in places like Viktor Orban's Hungary or Vladimir Putin's Russia the lackeys rise through the ranks because the leader knows that they have typically very little to worry about, and they will always take loyalty over intelligence. In fact, they prefer loyalty over intelligence. So, Janet, do I think it's a threat that this Project 2025 gets put into place? It won't be the exact thing, but I think it will be something similar. And I think one last thing, guys, is just to remember is that when you hear people On the Republican side, say things like we want to dismantle the administrative state. Remember what they're saying is we want to get rid of all of the things that help Americans in its place. We're going to do all of the things that control Americans, like empowering the Department of Justice and the FBI and the intelligence services to go after political opponents and enemies, weaponizing the military and the National Guard to keep demonstrators or people who might be opposed to the regime in line. That's what they're talking about when they say they want to dismantle the administrative state and they're going to empower what are called the power ministries. This is a bad thing, guys. We need our friends and allies to wake up to the threat. If you can, explain it to your folks. Go through and explain how this stuff works. It never works out well. It works out badly for everybody. Support for the Lincoln Project podcast comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who've switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com Lincoln. That's O-D-O-O.com/lincoln. O-D-O-O dot com slash Lincoln. Modern management made simple. Moving on. Corey 2019 on Twitter asks, Why were other GOP candidates who won in 2020 not more worried about the effort to overturn elections in their state? Wouldn't their elections be overturned too, not just presidential votes? Corey, here's what I would say. This is where you have the cognitive dissonance. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They know that it's all BS. It's all BS. 2020 was free and fair. They're not going to say that their race was rigged because, as you said, they won. They know Donald Trump lost, but they're sure as heck not going to say that out loud. You know why? Because they want to win again next time. And so when you see this kind of stuff, remember, you must always suspend disbelief and any sense of rationality. None of it matters. They're all just about protecting their own interests and making sure that dear leader is happy with them. When the time comes, because they don't want a primary challenge, they don't want to be attacked, they don't want the troll armies coming for them. So why didn't they say anything? Because it's not in their interest. And guys, that's what you'll see from almost all of these people is if it's not in their personal, professional, or financial interest, you're probably not going to hear much from any of them. All right, moving on. The 2024 election. Riley Madison asks, the recent DeSantis-Newsom debate was an interesting, albeit slightly bizarre, piece of television on its own. But what does it mean in the context of 2024, if anything at all? Riley, it's a great question. I don't think it really means anything. My sense is that it was two guys who thought that they might be on a debate stage against each other five years from now, you know, in 2028. I don't think either of them will be, to be honest with you. But I think that's what you saw. I think for Newsom, it was an opportunity to show that he's willing to go on to something like Fox and put up a spirited defense of his worldview and of the president and of democratic politics. For DeSantis, it's one more Hail Mary and a string of Hail Marys. They've been fourth and 25 now for the better part of six months. They got to do anything they can to you know, do the anti-woke stuff, make California look bad, all the gimmicky stuff. He's stuck. He's not going to get unstuck in the next five or six weeks before the Iowa caucuses. And so does it have anything to do with 2024? Not really. I think this was two guys who wanted a chance to get some airtime and have a sparring partner that would give them all the things they wanted. And I think in that context, they both got what they wanted. And let me say one other thing about the DeSantis-Newsom debate. And I think this is important for all of our Democratic friends and allies to hear. Gavin Newsom endorsed, 100% endorsed Joe Biden, right? If Gavin Newsom The governor of the biggest state in the Union, one of the most popular Democrats in the country, is endorsing the president of the United States for reelection. Everybody else should get on board too. All right, moving on. Sandra Wexley asks The Democrats can say that the economy is doing well as much as they want, and they are probably right. But it seems like a significant segment of Americans aren't buying it. How does Biden and company overcome this? Well, Sandra, I think this is a brilliant question, and you have hit the nail on the head. The economy is doing much better than I think anybody could have imagined, but it will probably take some time, maybe into the spring, early summer, maybe never at all for Americans to start feeling the effects. The feeling of a good economy is always a lagging indicator of the numbers that you see on your TV screen at night. And so what I would say is this, is that this should not be and cannot be a referendum on Joe Biden or Joe Biden's economy. This must be a choice election. The choice is Joe Biden, stability, normalcy, decency, or Donald Trump, ugliness, illegality, autocracy, authoritarianism, the end of American democracy as we know it. If you are someone who cares about choice issues, kiss them goodbye. If you're someone who cares about the environment, kiss it goodbye. If you're someone who cares about student debt, kiss it goodbye. If you're someone who cares about income inequality, kiss it goodbye. All of these things disappear because there will be no issues at play. It will be every morning Donald Trump wakes up and the rest of the country has to react to how he's feeling today. We felt that for four years. We felt it acutely in 2020 when COVID hit. And remember, guys, I think this is one thing we forget and we should say it more often. You don't elect presidents for the good days. You elect presidents for the bad days. On our bad days, I would say that Joe Biden has done as well as any president in modern history of juggling multiple hand grenades, making sure that they don't go off. Donald Trump, on his worst day, his actions, his refusal to either believe or take into account the deadliness of COVID-19 in early 2020, sent 500,000 Americans to their graves. We know what Trump looks like on his worst day, and we know what he's going to do again. Guys, do you think that if he was part of planning and executing January 6th, he's not going to do the things he says? You don't think he's going to you know, invoke the Insurrection Act on January 21st and put down violently any protest to his reelection, which, of course, there will be? It's a choice, guys. And the choice is democracy or Trump, America or Trump, possibility or Trump. You don't get both. You only get one. MLK859 on Twitter asks, will the Americans for Prosperity PAC backing Nikki Haley have a big effect on the GOP primary results? Can she overcome Trump or just get rid of DeSantis and the others? Will this put her at the top of Trump's VP list? All right, well, MLK, there's a lot in there, so let's start. Will AFP, which guys are the Koch brothers or the Koch network, I think one of the brothers passed away, one of the most effective private political operations in the history of the country. They've decided to throw their weight behind uh, Nikki Haley will have an effect. I'll say this. Let's talk about money in politics. Money in politics matters, but it doesn't buy results. We should remember that. I think a lot of people believe that money in politics will buy a result. Here's the thing is in 2015, when Jeb Bush raised $100 million in a super PAC prior to the 2016 Republican primary, everybody was like, oh, my God, Jeb's going to roll. Jeb didn't make it out of South Carolina. Donald Trump raised and spent significantly less money than Hillary Clinton in 2016. Joe Biden, his campaign in the primary of 2020 was on fumes when he became the nominee. And yet all of his opponents or most of his opponents coalesced behind him because they realized that he was probably the only person that could beat Trump in a general election. So do I think this matters? I think it's interesting. I don't think it's impactful. I think it will keep Nikki going further. I think it will drive some of her numbers in Iowa. I think that what, if any effect it could have, because she can't overcome Trump and DeSantis will die on his own, is that it might extend the primary a little bit. It might give her a boost coming out of Iowa. It might give her a little bit of a boost or maybe even a big boost in New Hampshire where Trump's reaction will be out of all proportion to someone who is probably not going to beat him in the primary. And I think that's where it could have a real impact, which is if it keeps her strong or strong enough going through Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, her home state and into Nevada and Trump goes absolutely crazy on her and says all sorts of terrible things. I think that could have an effect where anybody who considers themselves a Nikki Haley voter, which is our kind of Lincoln Project, old line Republican voter, could have a real impact in the general. Remember, Trump can't afford to lose any Republican votes. His ceiling, 46, 47 percent. He can't afford to lose one Republican voter. He's got to drive Biden's numbers down while you see all these crazy cockamamie third party people out there. So do I think it has an ability to help her win the primary? I don't. But I do think it could have sort of a boomerang effect, which is her ability to stay in the race will drive Trump to do and say things that will make him unpalatable to even more people. Last part of it. Will this put her at the top of Trump's VP list? I don't think so. Trump wants someone like a Mike Pence who is completely subservient to him, who is willing to say Mr. Trump or President Trump is the greatest person who ever lived, who will ever live, who will live forever. You know, he alone can fix America. Nikki Haley, by even just by running against him, has all already put herself outside that list. He will go for somebody who is a supplicant first, foremost, and always. Okay, Ritzer Pizza on Instagram asks, what if Trump says he doesn't want a vice president? That's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I would venture to say that he'll choose one because I don't know that anybody couldn't. Actually, I'll tell you why he has to choose a vice president, because if there was no vice presidential nominee for Donald Trump, to put my very, very ragged constitutional scholar hat on, whoever would get the most electoral votes for vice president would become vice president, which would be Kamala Harris. (laughs) So think about that. Donald Trump is president. Kamala Harris is vice president. My guess is, guys, he's going to choose a vice president. Okay. Perry Nesco asks, if you had to identify one thing that the Biden campaign is not doing that it should be, what would it be? Attacking Donald Trump all day, every day. Attacking Donald Trump all day, every day. Reminding America what they get with Donald Trump all day, every day. I hope that was clear. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to follow The Lincoln Project on Twitter at Project Lincoln and sign up at lincolnproject.us. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Reid Galen and on Instagram at threads at read underscore Galen underscore LP. Also, please be sure to check out my new sub stack, The Homefront. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Be sure to follow and subscribe to The Lincoln Project on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or however you listen. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. To connect with us, follow us on Twitter, at Project Lincoln, and for more information on our movement, to join our mailing list, subscribe to our newsletter, or make a contribution to our efforts, visit lincolnproject.us. If you want to message the podcast directly, please send an email to podcast at lincolnproject.us. And if you want to personally join the fight to save our nation's democracy, visit jointheunion.us. For The Lincoln Project, I'm Reed Galen. I'll see you on the next episode.